Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. <laughs> Certain bad things that happen make you realize that you've been here a lot longer than a whole bunch of people thought you would. No more parties in LA. Please, baby, no more parties in LA. Uh. No more parties in LA. Please, baby, no more parties in LA. Uh. No more. Alright man, this is Anthony Roberts, hey, baby, host of the reality of what Fortune Becomes Extinct. We're back for another great show today. I got the homie Gary in the studio. What's good with you, man? Man, nothing much. Be good to be here two weeks in a row. And we got guests. And guess who else we got in here? Yeah, Christian man, we ain't had all of us in here in quite some time. So good to remember. I'm excited. We got a guest, uh, Miss Amber Sims is coming through the studio today. Uh, we got Christian's dad in the studio. We got Artesia behind the camera. We got Clyde the Clyde. A fly name too it is that's the flyest name in the 70s that could smooth. get you girls by itself what's your name Clyde, Clyde. Clyde. ah <laughs> 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 oh, man so if you're wondering why we were playing the Kanye West uh, No More Parties in LA I'm sure everybody's heard about Kanye West and the Wiz Khalifa and the Amber Rose beef I don't know if people even read it but it was one of those things to where like after I looked at the 17 to 20 tweets yeah you pull it up great mm-hmm few of them I feel like personally man Kanye West still has a thing for Amber Rose man like there's no way you could how does her name always come up in the last two albums he's had he's mentioned her or saying a stripper which refers to Amber Rose Mm -hmm. at some point in time Mm -hmm. over the last five years he's had two albums and she still comes up he's butthurt still no pun intended. Oh, that's what I'm about to say. From a finger or just... <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That was petty. You, like don't, you don't bring somebody's name up repeatedly unless you that you still feeling you some still, some type of way about something. Gary's pulling him out early. Early. I mean, we ain't even five minutes into the show and he got it in. I mean, you know what? I understand it because when you think about Amber Rose, outside of like the slut walk and all that rhetoric, like... She is everything you would want your woman to be outside of like the negative parts that you see. She's sexy. She got to be smart to be in the game this long after Kanye. She's smart. She's she smart. smart. She she markets herself. She's respected in certain arenas. She probably would be respected more. You know, we'll talk about the misogyny and all of that later. But I mean, she's like, a, well, she's a freak in the street and a freak in the bed. I can't say she's a lady. But she, yeah, but she, she, owns, is, she owns it. But she, and, and I'm okay with that. Bro. And she's one of those kind of people that has confidence to the point where you can't you can't shame her yeah. because she's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, All right, and cool. what? Yeah. You know, and so I can respect that uh, about her because, I mean, she just, like, like you said, the slut walk and the other things that she's doing to try to actually – Wake people up to slut shaming yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And bring awareness to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, it's I respect smart. Amber. I'm telling you right now, she could get me to do anything. <laughs> I mean, she said that she stuck her finger she, in I was going to say, could she get you she to do I mean, she I, just stuck her finger. She said she was playing Playing in it. 
Like she was at six. Amber Rose probably. has the power to make you reconsider a lot of things. <laughs> she was. I'm just saying, bro. Super slide off in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I know for me, there's nothing I wouldn't personally do. I wouldn't allow her to. I, it's, I wouldn't go into a situation where Amber Rose sexually and say, "No, I won't." Right. Right. What? Right. What? What? I, as long as she's clean, it's yes, I will. When, where, and how do you want it? I think. I think what it is is, you know. The Kanye, Amber Rose, Kim Kardashian trio, um, both of those girls kind of came to prominence based on similar backgrounds, I think, right? I think Kanye, based on how it all got started, really overreacted, right? Yeah. All Wiz Khalifa was saying, hey, Waves, that's like some underground stuff. And it was started by Max B. Right. So, you know, Kanye comes back and just really comes at the guy very aggressively. And it's like, dude, you could tell he's had some pent-up frustration for a while. Of course. And to get personal and say that your child is mine, you wouldn't have. I mean, that's just. I'm not going to lie, though. I've never heard of weed being called KK. Have you, Brian? Okay. Well, (laughs) so. I know he's our resident weed expert, but saying, I don't like, why know. Why you go any... after a man's kid, bro? Yeah, I yeah, mean, you don't do that. He was that's... in another. Yeah, he was in another place, man. He's that's in another. Asking headspace. to get your private business shared publicly. But it's kind of like, like Meek Mill, though. It's like who's fight. in his camp to saying calm down? And not no to be problem. funny, how does Kim Kardashian feel about all this? How do you feel about your man? It's clearly, he, it's clear that he still has emotions and feelings for somebody else. Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah. We got Amber Sims in the studio. You can come up to the mic. Don't be scared of it. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Good to have you in here. And with you being a guest, uh, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Amber Sims. live in Dallas. And I'm really excited about talking about misogyny yeah. today. Christian and I were having a conversation <laughs> earlier this... Well, it was last week, actually. And... Um, yeah, it was interesting. But um, she called me out. I called him out, um, but I did go to an all women's liberal arts college, yeah. and he said that's the reason why I feel so strongly about this. But also, I think women need a voice, and so oh uh, yes, they do. To do. Yes, they do. We will definitely talk about that. So, do you know anything about the Kanye West and Amber Rose whole tobacco? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really awful. Now, I, it's. It's so awful that it's like, well, Wiz Khalifa, I can't insult you enough, so I'm going to insult your ex-wife and bring her into this. And the kid. And the kid. Yeah. On more than one occasion. Very much so. Right? And and so this isn't like Kanye just got out of control. He was on a rant. No, this is Kanye has a serious problem. <laughs> Do you think is because he still cares about Ambrose in some capacity? Or a lot of people were saying he created her, that image of Ambrose, to where it's like when you break up with somebody, you know, uh, Amber Rose seems to have that ego to where it's like, when I leave you, you're going to be nothing. But she has, you know, she's been able to maintain and stay around and stay relevant to the public and to social media. So do you feel like he feels like, hey, I made you who you are and she's surviving or being able to maintain that fame without him? I think that those are excuses, very good excuses, but nonetheless excuses. Because I'm sorry, if you love me still, yeah. and that's how you talk yeah. about me, 30 showers, right? Yeah. That is a severe and harmful <laughs> coping mechanism. I would love to take 30 showers with Amber Rose. <laughs> 31, 32, 33, 34th of all. You know, I don't know, man. I, I feel like you got the, the, 
the tweets up? This is actually an article that I pulled up that's in reference to how this connects to uh, the misogyny conversation. So okay. I'll, I'll bring this up. But this is, but it has a few of those tweets in it where he was, you know, I think he Kanye said, fourth, you let a stripper trap you. Fifth, I know you're mad every time you look at your child that this girl got you for 18 years. Twelfth, you, so he's just going yeah. in and just saying all kinds of stuff. But you know, I mean, for me, I feel like he had to be emotionally involved because most people say, first of all, second of all, third of all. I've never heard it go past third of all. <laughs> he got to 17. I mean, yeah. 17. Yeah. yeah. And is he talking about an OG in the game? Because Kanye West ain't never been an OG in the goddamn streets, bro. He's not an OG. At all. And you will respect me as such. Dude, you go to Chicago and you go to the wrong part of Chicago. I guarantee you, excuse my language, uh, niggas is fucking with Chief Keep more than they fucking with Kanye on the South Side. Even then, like in the hip hop game, he's not an OG. He's not an OG. I mean, what are we, see, but what are we this is about? interesting, right? Because do you see where this conversation is going? You all are talking about Kanye's masculinity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that is what misogyny does. Mm-hmm. It is a tool of men True. to, right? Thanks for to calling make us themselves out today. more powerful <laughs> than women. You'd be like, that, that, that is a tool, right? Yeah, and so in this, true. we're, you know, we're validating is Kanye, right? Yeah. Masculine enough, yeah. right? And then, right, <clears> saying, well, actually, Chief Keep, you know, but, but these bridges and what does yeah. it lead back to, right? Yeah, the oppression sure. of women. Mm-hmm. Damn. She's you like, did say it was good to bring her in on this. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to be patient to get into that conversation, That's what I'm but I'm ready to yeah. get into but it. We, I, I mean, actually, we could jump right to it. I mean, everybody knows about Bill Cosby, and we can actually talk Bill about Cosby. it later. So for people who don't know exactly what misogyny means, it's basically the dislike of, contempt for, or ingrained prejudice against Hate women. for women. True. I don't... I feel like, yes, and me and Christian, Christian made a valid point about the misogyny and how minor and minuscule it can start from. And I didn't even think about it. Like outside, he just told Artiz, he's like, you look very beautiful today. And then he said, is that misogynistic? And I was like, well, is it? And he was like, well, it could be seen as that because she's very smart. She's very intelligent, but I only focused on her looks when I complimented her, especially the fact that he knows her and he knows what she's capable of. I didn't even think of it as that, bro. Well, I think in misogyny and patriarchy, um, you know, male privilege work together so that um, <clears throat> misogyny arises from a context where, that assumes women are fundamentally less than men. Yeah. Um, and patriarchy is basically this, you know, a similar reality where misogyny has to do with the hate for women and patriarchy has to do with the focus of, you know, the foundation and focus of our society has to do with men and other societies in our, in our history. And it's unfortunate because it's similar to, I look at patriarchy and misogyny similar to how we've talked about racism. Yeah. And it's hard for men to see our own privilege and, and our own patriarchal predilections because there's a big word for you. Yeah, I was I literally <laughs> believe me, I was thinking about I was like It's hard for us to see it because just like it's hard for white people to see how racism functions systemically and underneath the surface yeah. to where if, if they're not calling you, you know, the N-word, yeah. they feel like they're not racist. They're not racist, right. yeah. Without yeah. being able to see that the whole society is built on fundamentally racist assumptions. Yeah. And the whole society is also built on fundamentally sexist assumptions. True. So, you know, that's one of the things that I just wanted to say quickly as we start the conversation about patriarchy and misogyny, that it's not always... Uh, I'm a man and I hate you because you're a woman. Yeah. It very rarely does it come out that way, but it does come out in so many different ways. Right. And, I, and just to give some context to the conversation, uh, Amber and I were talking about development in this area and me wanting to, you know, invest in it and build a team of people to do it. And I'm, you know, and she's like, well, did you have any women in that 
group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I didn't even really think about it. Yeah. So that just like, it really opened my eyes. I, I got really defensive, to be honest with you. Uh, and it opened my eyes to how like, just going through life generally, like we just don't really consider women for certain things. Like if you're gonna, you know, start an investment group or start a company or do this, that, and the third, usually it's from a very male-dominated perspective. Uh, which, you know, I, I think being more purposeful and being inclusive, you know, we do inclus- inclusion training at work and we want to, everybody's talking about diversity, but what does it really mean unless you start to internalize it and be more purposeful in the way that you're, you know, you're inclusive into the opposite sex from a male perspective. How can you not, like, when is it a time where you're not being misogynistic? And the reason I say this, like, and this is can be for Amber, kind of like we were talking, I was talking to somebody the other day about, like, the feminist movement, how, like, femininity is, like, it's, like, taking over to where everybody, every woman is, like, a feminist and everything is wrong. To where it's, like, uh, it was a story, I forgot, I think I read it online where it was this guy, he goes to school upstate, uh, up in New York, and it was a girl who texted him after a party. She had been drinking, and she was like, hey, I want to come through. He's like, all right, come through. We already know what that means. He's going to smash. She's after a party. She's drunk. She hit him up. So her homegirl took her over there. They had sex. She was drunk when they had sex. She left, and uh, her homegirl picked her up the next morning, and she's like, hey, did you guys have, guys have sex? She's like, yeah, it was okay. And she was like, so uh, did you really want to do it or whatever? And she was like, well, I did, but, you know, I was kind of inebriated, so it was something that I just, you know, I was horny. I did it. And she was like, well, you know, with you being drunk, and if you really didn't want to do it, that's rape. I feel like you get dang, it, it, that line gets kind of blurry and murky when it's like all the power is on a woman's side far as like how you can use feminism, how you can use misogyny to where it's like when are as a guy, when are you not in that trap? Because someone will use this, you know, that blurred line to trap people. So like he said, like, like just like if I said, oh, Amber, you look beautiful today. I know you're smart, but I mean, how many people are just going to be like, oh, you're so you look so intelligent today. Are you you're so strong? You're, like, that's not something you just say on arrival when you see somebody. Well, one, if men complimented me for as beautiful as I am, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To the same degree that they compliment me for as smart as I am, then this isn't something that we would have to worry about. True. Right. Um, but number two. I think I was doing a training, a soft skills training, um, with the the majority of the group were men, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about sexual harassment, and they were like, yeah, ma'am, I know sexual harassment happens, but let's talk about these women that be setting up guys and trapping guys and accusing them of sexual, and I'm like, hold on, statistically speaking... Bring that Women are more likely <laughs> <laughs> to not report rape or True. being sexually harassed than they are to report it. Yeah. One, okay. And in those instances when they do, they are more likely to be correct in mm-hmm. saying it, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't go without saying that there are women that misuse the system, right? Yeah. We'll acknowledge that. But we've got to talk about the majority, right? I mean, and we've got to talk about how it happens more often because we don't, right? Sure. And and we don't talk about how intelligent women are versus how smart they are. Yeah, I get right. You, you know, you you like well, you know, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're smart too. Uh, good for you. But let's talk about that booty, right? Yeah. And and that's where we keep coming yeah. back. I can't remember the last <laughs> rap song that I heard, right? Where we talked about, oh, well, this girl is so smart. 
She's so intelligent. Like yeah. she rocks my role because of that, not because of how she looks. How she looks. And I think that really speaks to, especially when you talked about hip hop. I think it really speaks to even relating back to Kanye, how masculinity, how we continually construct masculinity. Whiskey we need to, down. We, yeah, right. Get this right. nigga out of here. He just <laughs> dropped his liquor. Get him out of here. We we could we our construction in America and really and really in, in more than just America, but in this country particularly, our definitions of masculinity rely heavily, really rely fundamentally on being defined in opposition from women. Yeah. yeah. So think about the things that you would say to a man to offend him. What would you call him? Show a bitch. Me, show you call him a bitch. You call Sish. him a pussy. You call him a, you know. <laughs> no, I man. But I mean, so that really speaks to how deep the misogyny is in, in our culture and even yeah. in our minds. If we don't, if we don't learn how to see it, yeah. chances are we're probably participating in it and don't even realize. So basically, it. you were saying, and that, I just really caught on to it after laughing. You were saying, "What can you say to offend a man?" And it's call him a woman. Right. right. Well, that's yeah, what so, yeah, call an him example some kind of, of yeah. how masculinity yeah, is so sure. deeply relies on yeah. hatred of women. Yeah. And how we need to re rethink about how we define masculinity. I mean, th even think about even think about how gay men are talked about. Yeah. And how there's even gender dynamics in the gay community where there's still people don't want to be called a bottom. A bottom. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I'm gonna be gay, I'm gonna at least be. I need to be the, the one man. giving it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and so, if I was gay, I ain't taking no dick. <laughs> I need to be <laughs> delivering. Call me Domino's. <laughs> so, so like, to go back off what you were saying, Anthony, uh, just talking about you know where does the blurred line where you know you have the woman and you feel like you can't do anything right. Yeah. Uh, she has all the power in that situation, that dynamic. So I was kind of that way, like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I supposed to do when she when she called me out? But then I thought, like, that same thought process is how white people attack the race card, right? They say, True. hey, you're calling us out, and it doesn't feel good to get called out and mm -hmm. to feel like you're wrong. So we're going to say you're pulling the race card when it's like, dude, it's not a race card. It's, I'm just saying, I'm just speaking facts. facts. Right. You know what I mean? So. Right. I think that helped give me some nuance to my perspective of dealing with women is like, I get it. I can't like I, you have to just think about it and be purposeful because honestly, you just won't think about it and you'll just do it. No, that's you true. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that 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 connection is the best way I can explain to men how patriarchy and misogyny fo functions, you know, without them even being able to realize it, or especially black men, because as black men, we realize we try, we beat a dead horse about racism and people just don't get it. And it's just like, okay, now think about that in the context of sexism. Yeah. From a woman's perspective. Well, let's talk about misogyny within the black community in particular. I think we kind of have been, um, I was talking to a colleague at work and she's actually a good friend. And she was, you know, expressing to me, and I think we heard it from Michelle on a previous show, how black women in particular feel like black men don't support them. Mm -hmm. They feel like we've abandoned them and we've kind of left them on a limb, right, to fend for themselves. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like you guys are allies to a certain extent, but what do you think from a larger perspective of black men, how have we been a disservice or a service to our women? I just don't think we value them. Right. I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't think we value them. I'm getting better at it at period valuing women in my you know as I get older now I've never been like 
totally disrespectful or like just throwing women out like they say throw the baby out with the bathwater because I had a single mother who raised me and taught me how to treat women how to look at women and how to respect them for who they are more than sex it's been a lot of times I've been in certain situations and relationships or whatever and sexually I may not be fulfilled and my mom always be like look at the woman as a whole not just what she has in between her legs what is she bringing to the table can she make a house a home can she do this and it made me think outside of that box I feel like it's really about who teaches you because if you don't have a father around then it's up to your mother and if your mother's too busy we've talked about this far as even working out and doing other things a lot of black women don't have that time to take out to do certain things so for me I feel like as a man at some point there's no reason for ignorance. You have social media. You have people that you can talk to and be open with about uh, what your intent is with a woman and so on and so forth. I feel like to me personally, it's the younger generation that's worse off than anything because social media is pushing everything and TV is pushing everything about interracial dating. And even like we talked about, like if you look back in like the 90s and videos, it was black women shaking their asses and it was what? Video hoes, they hoes, they this, they that. Now you see fair skilled women or white women in these videos and it's damn, they fine, damn, they this. It's like they're posting polarizing figures as opposed to a woman a black woman being a slut or like you said hypersexual going back to slave days where black women can't be raped so they've never really truly been respected and back in the day it was by black men but even like back in the day like they didn't have a right to vote they they still even in 2016 getting paid 74 75 cents on the dollar it has to start somewhere Mm -hmm. uh artesia told me she went out last night and this is where I'm talking about black men not respecting black women. She went out last night. She was at a bar, and this black guy was staring at her. He ended up coming and sit by her. And, like, within a minute of the conversation, he was like, damn, you have a, that, that bottom lip, though. Like, which already lets you know he talking about sucking dick. Because he ain't talking about kissing. This Society is too advanced for kissing. We talking about blowjobs. You know what I'm saying? The bottom so, lip, The bottom though. lip. And then after a while, he was just like, damn, I bet you got a fatty. Like, damn, within five minutes? Within five minutes of talking to her? So then, you know, uh, she was there on business. So the bartender, you know, at Absent Lounge, you know. So the bartender was like, hey, you need to move around with that. She ain't that type of customer. She ain't that type of woman. And, you know, he took up for her, another black guy. It's not all black men, but it is a a majority of black men who don't respect black women. And they put white women on a pedestal. Like, I'm not saying other races are not beautiful, but where, where are black women losing? Because every other race get with they trying to do style ass breasts everything from black women yeah and then you even think about i um well this is going to sound a little sacrilegious but i left a meeting a leadership meeting at my church and um, our guest speaker was from concord and i was scrolling through uh, concord's website (laughs) and it's a great church let me say that Mm -hmm. but i was looking at their elders at the Mm, church and all the elders were men that's Mm -hmm. wait concord oh no i've never been to that one i was looking even at my own church where i go to which is pilgrim rest and all of the pastors everyone in the pulpit are men, mm-hmm. right? And so we think about where black people get their information, right? You know, other than radio and things, and it's church. Yeah. And what messages are church sending? And and I mean, I think, I don't know if my church would let women in the pulpit. I know other churches do. I just don't know that mine would. Well, yeah. But, you know, it's not just rap music that's perpetuating nope. yeah. these things. Yeah. It's also our everyday culture. And so I know, like, you know, and people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't really internalize what they say in rap music. But you do. You do. You do, right? right? Just like we internalize when we don't see images of black women right. on magazine covers and movies or in the pulpit, right? right. We internalize, right? I mean, we, we call God yes. a he, right? Yes. And so the all-knowing, all 
you know, preaching. is is God and yeah. it's a him, yeah. right? Well, and then the even when no, but see, well, <laughs> written by man. But, but the Bible ahead. has been translated so many times that we really don't know who said what. Yeah, yeah, right? he he's trolling right now. All right, you know, Chris <laughs> is trolling. trolling. He's trying to but, get me but fired also, up. You know, this this other point too are the two real big constructs of race and gender. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think it even is uh, from a more macro level, it's all a class conversation. And I don't want to just cheapen it to that. But I think you have class class warfare is real on every level. Like, I think the purpose, the reason that racism is the way it is now is because of classism. And, and like, we had to create different cast of people for other people to feel comfortable. Like, you, if you want to, I think it's innately human to want to feel powerful in some way. Yeah. Uh, and I think to, to even expound on misogyny, I think it's a hunger for power. Uh, misogyny, I think it is, that's how it's kind of, uh, that's how it comes out. Mm-hmm. So within the gender dynamics, like the man wants to feel as powerful as possible. So he's going to, you know, objectify or su- subjugate the women. And then from a racial perspective, you know, I feel like white people want to feel that same type of supremacy. And so they subjugate <laughs> African-Americans. I think it's definitely on a similar continuum of the way that, you know, you kind of you try to suppress, you know, what you would consider uh, the least of the majority, right? The less of the majority. So I think it's a bigger conversation of like power structures. Absolutely. And like really the hunger for climbing up the ladder of power. And honestly, like you've seen a lot of women that have done it. I mean, you see a lot of women that have been very powerful in the way that they've climbed different ladders, whether it's in business, whether it, I mean, I know some women in the church, right? You have some very strong female pastors out there. Um, But I think at the end of the day, it's a hunger for power. Well, and and we also have to talk about how power is hierarchical in this country. So it's a top down. That's not the only kind of power that, that exists in the world, but that's the way power has been constructed. That's the way we've been constructed to understand power here. So then that is the way it plays out. Um, and you're absolutely right. Class is, I wouldn't say the factor, but it is one of the key factors. And it and it works together with race. It works together with sexism. It works together with gender um, because sex and gender are different. Um, and, it, and, and so these things, when you talk about the place in society of black women, you're talking about some people who are marginalized on the basis of race on the basis of gender sex and in many cases class as well yeah um and so you think about black men and and the dynamics between black men and black women because you know y'all know that i'm always heavy on let's not overly pathologize or overly make the black community worse off than the rest of society Mm -hmm. because you know a lot of what we get a lot of what we participate in has been set in stone by white people in power you know what I'm saying Um, and so while it might seem like black black men are overly misogynistic and I say it's an extreme problem but it's really similar to how white men are. The thing is, the difference is the class difference yeah, a lot of yeah. times and the race difference. And it's not highlighted on the media. It's not, it doesn't stick out in our minds because we're not taught to make white people a pathology. Yeah. We're taught to look at black people as the problem. Yeah. So when we see a black man treating a, a black woman a certain way, we ignore the 10 cases right next to them with the white men doing the same thing but have money to keep people on hush. Yeah. Um, so I'm, there's race, there's class, there's gender, there's sexual. 
And all of those work together. It's crazy that you say that because I'm reading a book right now with race, crime, and justice, and it's talking about, I think it was uh, Catherine Russell Brown, and she's basically talking about how race and crime go hand in hand when it's black people and crime. But statistics show that white people commit more crimes than black people. Right. And it's not just weighed on that white people are 64 or 70-something percent that make up of America. No, it's because they are actually committing more crimes than black people. And, you know, a lot of people like to talk about black-on-black crime. What about white-on-white crime? The numbers are the same. Yeah. The, the percentage no, of it's black more. people that are killing black people are the same as the percentages yeah, of yeah, white people exactly. killing white because people. Because I think they, the study was like 2000, from two, year 2000 to 2010, mm-hmm. I think uh, intraracial crime for black on black was like 39%. For white, it was like 49%. Mm-hmm. For Hispanic, it was like 30-something. White people lead in all of these categories. But, like I said last week, far as like people who are doing these um, these uh, consensus and, and doing all these... these um, documentaries and things black people need to do more of this stuff because a lot of times it's white people telling us what white people want us to think white people are doing documentaries about black people you can't (laughs) tell me about my blackness and how we live in my neighborhood when you were never born in this neighborhood you go out and you interview a few people they're not going to and then the thing about it is they're not characterize them how you choose how you you choose to, to you get to tell the story yeah I think it relates right back to what Amber said about how in our churches, in our boardrooms and, and, you know, in black America where there is this kind of these people who are successful, black men are the ones educating the black community about black men and women. And yes, Concord, you know, I don't know if they have any I don't know what their constellation of leadership is. I do know that there's a lot of black churches still that will not ordain women. And the fact that we're even still having that conversation is ridiculous to yeah. me. It's in the Bible, Gary. Chris? The Bible says <laughs> Go ahead, let it out. should not speak in the church. That's what the Bible says. The Bible is fundamentally the Bible. patriarchal. It is. Despite how, how inspired you believe it is, and I, and I won't even say it's not inspired, but there's still a human handprint on it. Mm. And it's still, a, it's still literature, and it was still written in a time as inspired as it is, because yeah. I believe it was, yeah. the fact of the matter is the people, the elites who had the resources and had the education in that context to actually write these manuscripts that eventually were decided on by a, 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 a group of men yeah. that, you know, there was some power involved, sure. got to got, the, the, the poor people, the women, they weren't writing these narratives. No. And if they did, it would be totally it different. wasn't making it in the in no, the canon. No. But the only people that had the kind of education like Paul and these other these the people were really kind of socially elite when it came to education and literacy and that kind of thing and they were still products of their patriarchal environment but you know what's so crazy about that when you say uh, about the Bible because I have a rift when it comes to the Bible and the reason being is first of all like you said it was man that wrote it and a lot of times it's like God spoke to them well Jesus walked earth God didn't walk to earth you know what I'm saying so if God spoke to you it makes me think about if we were like let's let's make a new Bible now and all the guys and all the pastors who are pastors in this world right let's just say it's T.D. Jakes let's just say it's Joel Osteen let's just say it's Creflo Dollar and God is speaking to them Mm. so God spoke to you the guy who wanted a GoFundMe for a plane Mm -hmm. or God spoke to you I like T.D. Jakes but I think it was a story told where he used to have gay tendencies or used to have like something in him where he had gay thoughts like it never manifested but he had gay thoughts great man of God don't get me wrong but what I'm saying is Think now, if the Bible was being written now by man, 
and he is, you know, being spoke to by God to write these scriptures. Think about it back then. You know what I'm saying? All these women, men are women, all these women men are were flawed. literally considered property. When you got yeah. married, it was like taking over somebody's property. Yeah, you can't tell which me. Which is where the tradition of a father walking a daughter down the aisle comes from. Comes from, yeah. I get the I have daughter. To, your property that I'm property, giving away. Exactly. Like trading, I'm, like uh, like they used to trade cows exactly. and, and cattle. for. Yeah. So for how can we look back at, at this text? And even if, I mean, I'm a person of faith, and I give, I give a certain level of... Um, Authority to this to scripture as a person of faith. You are but, actually a man of the cloth. Hey, I understand that, yeah. and it and is. that, and I think that's all the more reason why I'm responsible to hold it at a critical distance and recognize that if women were property, come how in, can I God. expect to have heard a woman's voice when I read the Bible? Exactly. God, come in, God. Damn, you're a girl. Well, I guess the reason why I'm talking to you tonight is. I've been doing a lot of thinking and I mean I consider myself a pretty cool guy and I've never cheated on any of my girlfriends well except that one little time in Japan but that was just some head and head don't count right what is that crumb crumb oh we ain't got to make yeah I need some ice in mine bro this shit is here. you don't like that thing neat brother it is neat I need to I got a whole day left Christian Christian one need to be slowing down he hosting the meeting of the minds later today well whatever (laughs) I'm gonna pray I'm gonna be there it's gonna be interesting man what what if uh what if I ask the question oh lord Just kind of because are we moving to the next topic? No, you can. Yeah, man, we got. Well, I just want to ask the question: What are some ways that some 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 specific things that men can look for as as men are listening to this to become more aware of their own misogyny, their own patriarchy? Like, what are some some things that y'all some strategies y'all would propose for men to be able to pay attention to and say, okay, yeah, I can see that because we can't assume. You know, we talk all the time about race on this show, yeah, and. And we, when the, we, at times we talk about what you know we wish white people would do or some things they would pay attention to so that they could see what we're trying to say. Yeah. What are some of those things that we could say to men? I, I think number one is acknowledge it, like accept it that it happens, accept that you do that it. You, it's it's the reality, right? Yeah, it's the show. But they won't really but, own it if they so can't hold on. see so it. So beyond that. Well, I guess you have to have a conversation with with them. Like, the way that I do it is, honestly, since Amber called me out, like, I started feeling really bad because then I thought a long time about really subtle, like, you know, misogynistic things I would do that was not aimed at, like, hurting anyone. It's just something that I did. So now what I do is I ask questions. I ask them, hey, how does this make you feel? Do you feel like you get a harass? Like people talk about harassment, but does anybody ever ask a woman, "Do you get harassed? How does it? Right. How do? How do you get harassed? Right. Has my behavior been harassing to others? Like I think you have to have a conversation with women, and look, you have to support them in having their voice. Um, you know, you can't be scared when somebody challenges you as a man, because look, at the end of the day, we still are. Masculinity is real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and pride, I think, and masculinity go hand in hand. So, you have to, like, somewhat swallow your pride and be able to acknowledge them and be present in, uh, in being an ally. Um, 
Yeah. I would say giving women a seat at the table, yeah. which is oh, what yeah. you guys gave to me today, right? Um, but but this idea too oh, that- We didn't give you shit. You took it, play. Yeah, yeah, I did. Thanks. Um, <laughs> you earned it. Yeah, earned it. Um, <laughs> but, but, but this idea too that oftentimes women aren't even considered in the conversation. That's true. Right? I, I, and, and what actually Christian said, he didn't tell you this, but in his text message, he, I said, what are you doing later? He said, meeting up with the guys to talk about investments and commu- the guys. I said, so are any girls invited? And he was like, well, like, a, well, kind of, kind of. Lauren's invited. But but the thing is, you have to know, right? Like, just like we know that black people aren't appropriately represented. We have to know that women aren't appropriately yep. represented. And then, as men, it's your it's your duty, right, to invite us to the table, um, because just to say that, like, I know that this lady that I know is just as smart as this man that I know, right? She's and sometimes more smart. smarter. Um, but 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 this idea that <laughs> folks have to be given an opportunity so that they can show up. Yeah. And even when we think about giving. <laughs> Even when we think about a man giving a woman a seat at the table, that that there's all kind of power in that statement. Just because the fact the the, the sad reality is, seats at the table are still men's to give. Yeah, unfortunately, sure. you know what I'm saying. And so when we, it's almost looked at almost kind of like an affirmative action kind of thing when we need to check that at the door because it should not be looked at as okay. Well, then I am going to allow you to have a seat. No, as a woman as a human being yeah as human beings we all deserve seats at the table and if there's ever a table that and if we're talking about our issues as black men you know and what we need to do it is helpful to have a, a black woman's voice um and but there might be times that we get together and have a drink or whatever but anytime there's a conversation that is taking place that affects other people that we're talking about policy or we're talking about anything uh, that affects other cultures other 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 sexes other races somebody some people from those those groups need to be at the table because i can't speak for you yeah and then one quick thing because gary made a very good point but it's this idea too that um as women we have to expect a seat at the table Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's not just about you all and we have to take that seat like black people asking for raises you you know and but then also like exactly you know because it's that this idea too that nothing is ever given right power is not given right taken yeah um and it's I mean but but it's very powerful but I mean you all can help us as much as you want to but also realize that women we procreate these things too oh yeah we live inside these little boxes and we say I can't climb out of them or I'm not good enough and blah 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 and then you have to think Zora Neale Hurston opened their eyes were watching God with the black woman is the mule of the earth yeah right and so when we realize that we realize that black women are doubly oppressed but then can doubly overcome both things and be even greater. Yeah. I think we have good women, black women that come on this show. I know yeah. I got a couple of friends that when Michelle came on, it was like, I feel like males. They were like, I feel like Michelle is very smart. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear the feedback mm-hmm. for what Amber is. Well, she, she, um, just before no, you, you, no, you go. Um, Oh, I think that sa- that ship just sailed. It might have slipped me. In your head. Well, I was gonna say we got to take a quick break because we got bills to pay. They got the you know we got to do these uh, 
commercials or whatever. So we're going to take another quick break again. You're listening to The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct. If any of you guys are listening and want to call in, you can hit us up by 214-431-5062. Again, that's 214-431-5062. I'm mad. <laughs> on the break, man, we talking about the homie, man, Aaron Green. He's in the um, what's I'm, I'm the senior bowl. Senior bowl. He's just scored the first touchdown. Y'all go check him out now. And tell me why he didn't get a combine invite. I'm mad. Yeah, I'm a hammer. I'm a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> hammer the NFL and get him to send him a combine invite. If you get hit by a diesel, I give you $35,000. I hammer. <laughs> that guy's hilarious to me. Yeah, Best yeah, commercial bro. on TV. <laughs> the one he, when he's standing on top of the diesel, bro. Yeah. That shit is clearly Photoshopped. You want to talk about. And he clearly uh, got a green You want to talk about misogyny and patriarchy. That nigga. Jim Adler. Adler. Jim Adler. Uh, the mo- Texas, Texas hammer. hammer. They talk about Napoleon complex. <laughs> right. right. That's the toughest son bitch I've ever seen. <laughs> you ain't nothing in the courtroom. Oh, shit. Oh, man. What are we talking about now, man? Well, Amber made a point before the break that I had forgot what I was going to say, but now I remember it. Uh, but she was talking about how women internalize what men say about them yeah. and then uh, as a result don't expect to be treated with respect don't expect to have a seat at the table and I think that's a big that's a big issue not just for women but also for African Americans you know internalized depression where you begin to believe the lies that are told about you worth it man and so that's the one thing I would say for people to pay attention to is man watch the ways that you adopt those those dominating narratives that are said about you you know you, uh, the only person that gets to define you is you and if you start believing what's said about you by uh, you know people that don't have your best interests yeah, you you need to revise uh, that so, quickly. So, can you tell me about what happened at Subway? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did read your story. Oh man! All right, so uh, Wednesday night after a long day, I'm going home. I go to Subway. Um, right down the street from the house, so I'm gonna just tell the narrative, the kind of similar what the way I wrote. What socks were you wearing? Man, I don't remember. What color <laughs> underwear were you wearing? <laughs> I wasn't wearing no drawers. All right, no, free so, balling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so look, I go home, or I'm going home. I go to Subway, casual night. I walk in. There's this Hispanic guy, Mexican guy at the uh, counter cashing out. There's this big black lady, real thick dookie braids. Uh, a couple of them are gray. She's got, you know, it's Dreads some other colors. No, they're braids. Okay, good. They're braids. They're just real thick. Um, so I'm I'm on my phone. My face is down. I'm just waiting for my turn to order because she's ordering a series of subs. She gets to the last sub, and there's a guy, light-skinned guy behind the counter, and there's a girl who's kind of butch over there checking the other guy out. So um, the guy asks, what kind of sub you want? And she says, uh, six inch, blah, blah, blah. But toast the she bread first because on. I like it hard. Yeah, because she, she went wrong with that said? six inch. She needed she said, a toast, toast the bread before you even put the meat on there. Toast the bread because I like it hard. And the way she said it was suggestive. So I'm on she my phone. You? No, she didn't look. She looked at directly in the eyes looking, of the, the guy that was him, taking her order. She been asking for a foot long. Right <laughs> she, she was looking directly in the guy's eyes that was taking her order. And mm-hmm. I kind of looked up because the way she said it, it was clear she was trying to be funny. Funny, yeah. But I was like, I'm going to leave that alone. And uh, so he, he starts laughing. He puts her sub in the, in the toaster and gets it out. 
and he's getting ready to put the meat on. She said, no, put it back in there. I told you how I like it. <laughs> she said, you know how I like it. I like it hard. And she said it harder that time. This black time, woman? black woman. Yeah, yeah. big, kind of tall, 5'11". So when she real, make it hard, it big. also makes it brown when you break it a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Anyway. No, means it brown. So he, by this point, brown. by this point, it's clear what she's trying to do. So I bust out laughing. Dude busts out laughing. And the other two people are looking over like dumbfounded. Yeah. So he puts her bread in the, in the thing again, gets it out, and she's just she's just saying all kind of crazy stuff. So fast forward a little bit to where she's putting the vegetables on the sub. By this time, I've already ordered mine. I told the dude, uh, yeah, I want mine toasted, but I couldn't help myself. I had to say this, Chris. He was like, do you want it toasted? I was like, yeah, but not as hard as hers. And everybody started laughing, right? Okay. So, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, he don't like it hard like me. Um, so anyway, he's putting the the lettuce and all that kind of stuff on on her sub and she says something to him about uh you know i like it hard you know how i like it and the and the girl says about the guy that's working there she was like yeah he know and at that point it was clear like oh okay he he's gay like yeah. i kind of thought so but i wasn't oh, sure yeah. but the oh. so the butch girl was like yeah he know he like it like that too and i'm like oh Word. and then she's like but i don't and i probably never will and so yeah okay so you confirm that he's gay and she's not yeah and so this lady's just going on and on and just just messing with dude and then she's like um oh god what did she say she says something about how uh, she's a preacher's wife. She was like, I bet y'all oh, wouldn't shit. expect a preacher's wife to be oh, talking Lord like this. Oh, mercy. This just got really juicy. I right, was going to so say, I'm, what I like I'm standing right behind her. Y'all know I'm ordained. So I'm dying laughing at this point, And I'm cloth like. Work. She said I'm ordained? He no, said no, no, cloth I'm, work. I'm saying, I'm y'all know I'm ordained. Oh, cloth so I'm standing work. right behind her. And she's like, yeah, y'all wouldn't expect a preacher's wife to be talking like this. Go and get so a I'm beat. dying laughing. And I'm like, well, I bet I'm probably laughing uh, harder than you would expect a preacher to be laughing and she looks at me oh you a preacher and I was like yeah and she was like oh okay and so she just keeps on going she checks out She's outside. I'm paying for my sub. And both of the workers are like, you better watch out uh -oh. because, you know, she's probably waiting for you outside. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I sure hope not. So I walk outside on my phone, keeping my head down on purpose. Next thing I hear, a loud honk, horn. Mm -hmm. She honks at me and signals, signals for out. me. She got her titties out. <laughs> she signals for me to come. <laughs> she signals for me to come over to her car. I walk over to a car and I'm like, what's up? She rolls the window down and she's like, now that girl in there, she was gay and he was gay. And he, she was like, but she said that she would never, she would never know what it's like to have it hard. Right. And I was like, yeah, I heard her. And she was like, but I don't understand that because you know how they do like them lesbians. They, they do it with dildos anyway. Got to get that. So how, how does that make That's sense? Always hard. And I'm just like, uh, you know what? I, like I said something to basically deflect it. I don't remember what I said, but she was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go home and pray or read my Bible or something. I just don't understand this. Her scriptures haven't been read in quite some time. <laughs> she talking about hard on subway. It's just so I don't know, man. It was just one of those nights that you can't you can't make that can't up. Make you that can't plan up. that. And I wish I would have recorded it because this lady was wild. Off the chain. You should have got a card from her. She nah, bro. Because she would have so enough told me. Time the... to meet up every week. Mm -mm. No, nope, not for <laughs> prayer, not for no, nothing. No, don't need no prayer. <laughs> mm. Mm -mm. I'll be misogynist in this situation. <laughs> mm. Parker, Miss Parker. So, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> but yeah, this...
So if y'all go to the subway on uh, Bridgewood in Fort Worth, just be looking out for that lady. Big lady with braids. Some of them are gray. All right, all right. Now that's what y'all want to talk about, man. She's a preacher's wife. Talk about. I just I want to get a little. little What do you want? Anthony wants to get ratchet. What's grinding your gears? I don't really know, man. Is it straight? (laughs) I've been drinking, man. I'm sorry. What is that? Are you trying to record your own meat, man? Like trying to find a home for the first time. Yeah. You so stupid. It's trying to recruit on me. All right. Well, okay. So let's talk about let's make America great again and what that means. And the reason I bring it up is because Marlon Wayans talks about he was on he was on some late night show and the guy was like, Hey, what do you think about when you think about let's make America great again? And he said, When I hear that, it scares me. It depends on what great America we're talking about because if it's pre nineteen sixty four or pre eighteen sixty five, I don't know if i want to be a part of that america mm-hmm. when i think about it i'm like what ma- let's make this america great again i just i was driving around uh, the other day this week and i heard ted cruz say that shit on his thing and i was just like let's make america great again like, what if is that yeah if it's great for fucking white people that means we're enslaved we don't have a voice women are set back way much we talking about misogyny America was great back then I'll be the first for white people no for men but that's a whole nother yeah story. not black men if we was I'm a just, different I'm, if we I'm, was a different I'm color than you know he trolling yeah I know he trolling I can tell by his face <laughs> but that it's not great for us no when I hear people say that I'm like how was America great when women had no right to vote we were looking at uh, we were three fourths of a person and a one drop rule it wasn't great man Bro, that's the thing that that trips me out too. Like even at school, like when we read these people, and obviously our our program is aware of that kind of stuff, but we'll still read people like Immanuel Kant or Freud or these other other yes, people man. that that mm-hmm. the society holds up as these great thinkers. And it's like, okay, but while he was writing, slavery was still you know, still or black people on. were still defined as three fifths. Bill of or, Rights I'm is just not like, made bro, for us. How in the hell can you hold him up without yeah. you know, recognizing? But if you're being real, though, not to be fun, they need the the Bill of Rights. You know, people be like, oh, we're not going to change the Bill of Rights. We're not going to change the Constitution in which this country was built off of. But you you may not need to change all of it, but you definitely need to redact some of that shit. Because it wasn't built for Hispanics. It wasn't built for blacks. And it definitely wasn't built for any foreigners. I already know what's going on right now. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Chris, Chris is going to the bathroom. Yeah, he's going, yeah, yeah. His but, stomach is hurting. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I just feel like it wasn't like when you talk about that, like, it wasn't built for us. Yeah, and that's why I get, I get. Uh oh, we got a caller. Uh oh, that shit was quick as fuck. <laughs> I don't have headphones either. Oh, here you go. Oh, okay. All right, give you on the reality is who is calling. Hello. Hello. Hello, is this reality is? Yes, it is. Who is this? <laughs> this is White Bill, um, and I'm from Arkansas, and I'm just giving you a call and listening to the conversation, and I know you're asking, well, what does it mean to make America great again? And, you know, you always think about it within the context of a black man, but you got to realize that this country was not made for you, man. And you got and you got to realize that this country is getting more and more away from what it was made for, and that was to make white men the head of everything. And so, you know, when you guys, you know, you make it hard for us to live our lives the way we want to. I mean, I can't even say nigger 
without, you know, getting fired from my job. But can you uh, I'm okay with you saying nigga. But do you want to deal with the ramifications? Are you really of the, nigger? Would you hit me in my face uh, if I called you nigger to your face? That probably would happen. That, All right, so you're not okay with that. I can see that right now. You're one of them aggressive niggers. I can see that right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Uh, here you got dreadlocks, too, so that might be a part of it. You doing a good, you doing a good goddamn job. Listen, uh, <laughs> sir, uh, you clearly are misinformed. Is this it, that yellow nigger over there? <laughs> Get you, I, I was trying to, I was trying to roll. It, I can't roll. Know what it is, man. I tried to, bro. <laughs> Get your ass back in here, man. Chris didn't go to the bathroom, we found out. Oh, shit. Oh. Uh, okay, back on the topic of what it means to make America great again, because we know that Chris's rendition of what that means to some is probably an extreme ma- minority. Yeah. Uh, but... Oh my not. God! You not you not sorry at all. You a sorry ass boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, man. I uh, it, I get scared too when I hear people say yeah. that, especially when it comes from a certain segment of the of the population because. I know what it means, you know, it, and, and they may not mean it explicitly to say we need to go back to slavery. Exactly. But the reality is show title name. Yeah, uh, they do want to they want things to go back to where their power is not being challenged. And that's I think that's the bottom line. And of it's it been is. challenged by everybody. Right. It's always been challenged by blacks since we were free and even before we were free to but an Hispanic, extent. But Hispanics. Right. Well, Asians are quiet as shit. They ain't challenging shit. They but even the presence off. of Asians, I mean, the presence of so many different cultural groups in America challenges the power of extremely wealthy white men. Yeah. And, and that's a threat. And so when it becomes an, an, a, a fight for power, then to say, to convince people to vote for you by saying, let's make America great again, is to make a promise to the people that would vote for you when you say something like that, that yeah. they're going to benefit from your power. Does that make sense? If y'all vote me in office, I'll make sure that you don't have to pay taxes for people who blah, blah, blah. You can keep your money. I mean, in essence, I'm going to be powerful and I'll put money back in your pocket like Jim Adler. Yeah, (laughs) Jim Adler. (laughs) No. So I think if anybody does not know where the let's make a greater make America great again, um, it comes from it derives from Trump's kind of stump speech on this presidential election. Um, and it's really interesting, right? Um, if you, well, it's Trump right now. That's on his hat. That's that's kind of his thing. That's right. His stick, but that right? whole rhetoric, but been the rhetoric in the that, air for years that that materializes from Trump's stick right now is like, um, it's from a perspective of, look, like you said, at, this is a time in our history where it's like a lot of convergence put between, um, you know. Uh, marginalized communities, right? Homosexuals are getting rights that we never thought they would get. Yeah. Blacks are starting to command more than we've been given. Hispanics are starting to be a part of the conversation. They get kind of dehumanized as these, you know, illegals and, you know, let's build a wall. And it, it starts to get really divisive. Um, 
and you know, like you said, the Asians, and I think you're seeing it materialize a little bit when they talk about anchor babies now. Yeah. Because what you see a lot of, just in my job, I see a lot of like, uh, let's say Chinese, for example, they come here for their master's degree, <clears throat> and then they stay. And so when these guys talk about you're taking our jobs, right, they kind of make it seem like it's the Hispanics that are taking their job. But it's really um, the really the highly professional Asians and Indians, even though, you know, Indian is Asian. But they're the ones that are really, you know, taking the jobs that the wasps uh, historically have been given. So I think they feel like as as white males in particular, they feel like this country is not for us anymore. Right. Everybody else is given so much. There's nothing for us because in their eyes, right? Because it's the, the person that's really saying that. It's not the upper middle class or rich white person right. saying that. Right. It's the dude that you know is working class. Lower, yeah. He has to work just as hard as anyone. His wages aren't going up. More black people are getting hired in jobs that he thinks he's more qualified for. So they start to feel like this just country isn't for me. It's for everybody else. Exactly. And so there's a lot of frustration built in that. It comes out with nativism, this populist populism, and uh, it's really dangerous because that's what happened when slavery ended and Reconstruction was instituted, right? They started having that feeling in the South like exactly. these, they have too much power after civil rights movement and then when uh, you know affirmative action was introduced and black affirmative action worked. Yeah. And black people started performing at a very high level, but it's like you can't give them handouts because we're trying to climb up that ladder too. And, it's, you, and it's a lot of people don't don't talk about what you just said about reconstruction of of the backlash that came as a result of reconstruction. Oh, that's yeah. the part of history that's that how the isn't all born. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, your dad made a good point too because he was saying uh, how they you know they always said let's make America great again, but he was like, what about when people like Trump say let's take America back? That, yeah. yeah, that's the rhetoric. That, that, that's, yeah, that's the real language. Yeah. And that's what's underlying it. And yeah. I mean, I mean, we know it's Trump in 2016, yeah. but back in the 79 and 80s, it was Ronald Reagan, right? Yeah. And you think about what was happening in our society. Opium, dope, crack. Right. And, and right. These black hooligans and this black crime. And I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's happening again. But we have to realize that like this rhetoric is being reused. And then we have to think about what happened to people of color, especially during that time. Mm -hmm. And that's especially concerning. Like, we should be very, very afraid. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Right? In terms of what people are trying to do. Well, because I, I, I think it, it, just what you said, Amber, we should be afraid because we've seen the way that, that, that black people are still systemically marginalized from certain social positions. But now you're seeing a resurgence of some of the blatant stuff that was going on when the KKK was responding, you know, when, when you had those those other kinds of sponsored violence. Um, and so you're seeing both. You're seeing the systemic part that's been functioning and been functioning well. And then you'll see in the, the kind of the working class people you talked about who are responding in violence, responding in, in certain overt kind of hate mm -hmm. realities as a result. And you've got people like Trump that are pumping them up and justifying their behavior because it's like, yeah, we need to do something to take our country back. So yeah. now it's happening on both levels. Yeah, and then you think about what, when Ronald Reagan said it, right, what he meant about making America great was like in the 1960s. Yeah. In the 1960s was the whitest era in American history, right? And so we go back <laughs> to that. I don't want it. But back. what they're calling on is impossible because you can't. Right. 
right? Just as diverse as this country well, is, you can't go the, back yeah, to Yeah, the trajectory of our, country, of our country is one of more inclusion yeah. and more, yeah. uh, less uh, homogeneous society. It's like right. there's more immigration, and we have to immigrate. If we don't immigrate, there's no way we could continue to grow our economy. Mm-hmm. And there's more. And look, the reality is if you live in Texas, you already know the Hispanic community are growing in this country. And, and, it's, and it's not so much that they're immigrating here. Yes. It's that, you know, their culture, they have big families still, whereas your normal American family, you know, you might have one or two kids. You know, they have three, four, five sometimes. Six, and then you got kin, oh. kinship relatives that extends right. beyond the, you know, that nuclear family. So, I mean, it's just like I, I understand. I'm not going to say I agree, obviously, uh, but I understand how that would make you feel if you feel like this is the end of our era, right? You know, because yep. th- that's scary. Because I mean, if you look at the the statistics, like I don't know the I don't know the exact percentage, but there's like a vast majority of white people that feel like they don't have opportunities. The they're not going to be able to reach their parents' levels. And then if you ask like blacks and hispanics we're like we're very uh hopeful and we think yes we can attain the american dream welcome and to it's our like world. so inverse right right oh my gosh um, i just thought of something so is this how men feel about women do absolutely. you guys feel like we're taking over and Internally. so there's that insecurity okay. i don't and it's a threat okay. well maybe maybe not for you for you well, for us you're the one but... white person in the room that's like i don't feel like i'm racist i have a, I have a female friend <laughs> right right <laughs> i have a female friend that <laughs> i don't have sex person, with anthony thank no, you <laughs> I don't try to have sex with all my girlfriends. Not me. I'm different. No, but that's a that's a great connection because it is, and 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 so it all the more speaks to how white men must feel that you feel like you know when you have feminism, you have black feminism, you have womanism, and you have you know black men, and you, everybody trying to live into this American dream that's supposed to be for everybody, but we know it really hasn't been. Sure. Um, and and what you said, I can't stress enough that the trajectory of this country. When you think about the Republican Party right now. And you think about that rhetoric of take our country back or make America great again and how it seems like they have a shot with the millennials in this country. If people vote, if people can, you know, come out like they did when Obama was elected and even more so. The more people in this country that vote, period. That's it. The Republican Party is not going to have a shot unless they reconstitute themselves. Right. Because That's it. But they are voting. That's the thing, right? Yeah. We true. know that the Republican Party looks That's just true. like it did in 1960. Exactly. The Democrats, and they vote. Right. That's true. Thing. That's true. I, I and think, people of color do not. Yeah, and that's the thing. Well, and, and that's the scary I mean, that thing. Into our that's because they don't think anything is going to change. Right. Say what? I was just saying that's because they don't think anything is going to change. Right. And that's what and, and I'm so I'm glad this came up because we need to stress to, to people in the community, black, white, indifferent, wherever. But younger generations, I mean, people are there are more democratically minded people that are not voting. But if people vote, it'll be a landslide. Oh, yeah. Until easy. until the Republican Party becomes reasonable again, it will be a landslide every time. And I think so. I think. <clears throat> The way that politics are now, right? We're talking about politics when we talk about the making America great, a great again. The first thing I just wanted to make a point of is you see Hillary Clinton getting covered from that perspective of men feeling like somebody's women are coming up. Like, yeah. If this woman gets elected president, all bets are off. Men will definitely never be, you know, on that pedestal. Um, 
but on another note, I totally lost my train of thought. God. Hey, it's all right. I, I've but been that's doing. That's a good place to put it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I feel like because we're still going to have to to deal with unfairly targeted by, I mean, the, by the mainstream media. I mean, Hillary and a conversation that started with misogyny is perfect, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Because and, and then to the point, too, um, that was made earlier about whether it's misogyny or, it, or if it's so, chauvinism, which is a, you know, far back used term. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's still kind of the same. It's still in a evolution and evolutionized evolutionary concept. Right. Of, of this still <laughs> oppression of, of women. Yeah. So I remember what I was going to say. Right. What I was going to say is like. The historical context of politics and like the Republican Party, I do feel like the party and like the foundation of it, they're really taking an ass kicking right now because Mm -hmm. the fringes of it is not going to let them be a party of this century. The things that they want to be talking about, honestly, they want to talk about poverty, Mm -hmm. right? They want to talk about immigration. They can't. Mm-hmm. If you talk about it, you're unelectable. Right. For the same reason that we were just talking about, the people that vote the most are the ones that are the, the most irrational in a lot, of, a, a lot of ways. I think it's sad that our politics, and President Obama said it in the State of the Union address, like the politics have gotten so divisive where, you know, if you look at a debate uh, from a, a couple, you know, back when George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan were running against each other, and they talk about immigration, and the guys are very firm in saying we have to be conscious about protecting our borders, but, I mean, this is what George H.W. Bush says, we can't be talking about building a wall or a fence, yeah. right? We have to accept the reality that these people are needed, and also these people have great values that are good for our country, right. you know? Why you people, don't get that anymore. Man, if you send Mexicans back to Mexico, I don't know if any of you watched, uh, what's the name of that show, with Common and Cullen Bohannon. Hell on Wheels. There's a part on there on Hell on Wheels where the, the Japanese, you know, the Japanese and the Irish came over here to build the Pacific Union Highway. I mean, uh, railroad. Mm-hmm. And the white dudes came on and they were paying like the Jap, Japanese, I don't want to say Japs, oh, that's racist. Man. Oh, man. But the, they were paying the Japanese. Oh, that was RJ, Jap- bro. <laughs> RJ. I've been drinking, man. But I don't mean, I mean <laughs> harder P. Yeah, I mean no offense, but, but yeah, <laughs> they were paying the Japanese like uh, a nickel, and they were paying like the uh, Irishmen like twenty five cents. The blacks were making like fifteen cents. So the white dude came in, and they were like, "We'll pay you a dollar." And the white dude was like, "A dollar is not enough for a white man to live the way a white man should live in America," mm-hmm. which is the way white men think. I mean, I now. don't disagree with them. I mean, because I'm I, just I, kidding. You. No, no. I, well, hey, Go on. but you know, I, that's just how I feel about it. I don't. I don't yeah. know if, if. No, you're right. Like when I said, you're getting accustomed to a certain right. level of power, a certain status. Yeah. It's hard to give that up, even if it's even if you would still have more than enough to survive and provide sure. and all yeah. of that. And I'm. It's yeah. hard to give that up. And I'm gonna be honest, man. Like I think I don't know if equality will ever really truly happen, but I do feel like that's the best way to go. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, like with everything that's going on and with the history the way it is if i was in control of like like if i owned a corporation and i'm and christian and gary are like my ceo and cfo whatever the case may be i'm gonna pay them pretty high because they're black i mean it's what you i mean at this point you almost have to to take care of your people because every other race is taking care of their people everybody's taking care of their own people except black people it's true so i'm not gonna lie if i had a white cfo and i had a black cfo 
I'm gonna pay Christian like 250 grand, and the white dude may get 150 grand. In my mind, I'm gonna be like, this nigga still got a, a he's you can still make a good living out 150 here in Texas. I'm gonna pay Christian that though because I'm like he's a brother, just like I want Cam win Cam Newton to win the fucking Super Bowl because he's a black quarterback. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, I probably wouldn't have a black CFO, but that's another that's another joke. <laughs> you ain't that's another you joke. Ain't Boy, you ain't. That's <laughs> another joke. I gotta get out of no, character, notice, guys. I notice, can't get out of character. Notice we were talking about the Republican Party, and Christian was like, well, they actually do have these. Solid values that, like, I personally. Well, look, I mean, I have. I, I don't necessarily. I I, I vote Democrat, yeah. so that's what I do. I vote but whatever I, I feel believe. is beneficial. But I don't. I don't allow the the Democratic message to clog to my, clog my, yeah, my vision in my mind. And you like, should I get it on both sides, yeah. right? Because yeah. a lot of yeah, a lot of people are voting for Hillary Clinton, and for me, I just feel like with Hillary Clinton, I feel like Hillary Clinton is a modern day sambo for black people. Like mm. anytime anything happens, she's dabbing and she's doing this, and, and it's like that ain't how you gonna win my goddamn vote if because she's got there's some there's some serious there, like, concerns about even like yeah. with I mean people want to talk about Hillary Clinton and feminism but there's still a reality that feminism when feminism came on the scene it was not for black women nope okay so you want to talk about Hillary Clinton becoming president and and being this basically this signal that we've made it no yeah because and because she's still in the pockets of several corporations that are run by men yes. and she will only be I mean just like Obama uh, people talk about oh y'all got a black president why are we still talking about race man you understand the amount of pressure he's under to still participate and the way he he's was perfect to? to come right after George W Bush with all the bullshit that he was going to have to face right right it so was, he was set up to fail yeah but we yeah. We would we would be mistaken to assume that Hillary Clinton is going to to tend to all the issues that women deal with and certainly not the, the issues that black people deal with or black women. And I'm not saying any one candidate can touch all the issues, yeah. but just because there will be a woman in office doesn't mean that patriarchy is just something yeah. that we've dealt with already. And to switch it up a little bit, we got to talk about something in regards to relationships and dating. One thing people love about oh the gosh. show is we always add dating. We have yeah, about, and you got your have, like DJ sexy nighttime voice on. Hey man, that's, the that, last, that's that crown. That's that crown. That maple got you feeling some type of way? Howdy lips over there. I tried to take my, my shades off so I could, you know, be a little bit more reformed, but I don't know, bro. I'm about to put them back on. Yeah. But we got to talk about dating. Take us in. What are we going to talk about with dating? Capacity. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. Let's let's start with Amber. Like, Amber, first, what do you want to talk yeah, about with dating? What do, you, what do you think guys, let's put them on notice. We could turn it into a put them put on, them on notice. notice. What do you think guys need to do in order to get women of your caliber, meaning women who are educated, women who respect themselves, women who are not like, I'm giving up the ass first and everything else second. You're like, hey, respect me first and then everything else follows. What do men need to know about women that we need to do to get women? Because, like I told you, this is a social media age. So everybody gets a woman off like websites and whatever else. Like they don't have to really do as much. I got it. I got it. You got, got it. it. Okay. Got there it. we go. Okay. So I'm busy. Oh, she's busy. <laughs> Always busy. Yeah. And the guys that I've dated or date or what, well, dated, um, do not get that. They're like, well, at first they're like, oh, it's cute. Like, you're so smart. Yeah. You're in the community. You care. And then it's like, oh, but we're supposed to go to dinner tonight. Yeah. Or we're supposed to do X, Y, Z. Or I just got back from out of town and you need to be available. 
And that is where the shit hits the fan. Yeah, it's true. Right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, people, like, in, in theory, guys want this very smart, attractive, in theory. involved mm-hmm. woman that cares. We but, do. like, actually in practice. They really want. Oh, and, and like, free thinking. Yeah. But, like, oh, when that, God, like. No. <laughs> right? Whoa. It's sounding more attractive by every descriptive word I use. But, like, in, like when that actually comes in practice, right? And when I'm actually, like, I'm super busy. Like, I can't tonight. Let's reschedule. Yeah. Or this thing came up. Most people just, most guys do not understand that. Mm. So you, so basically, and then it, I'm like, you should go date a teacher. So guys need to no be disrespect, ooh, but you should go. They have date a lot someone. of time off. Ooh, but, shade. But <laughs> hey, I mean, I work with adult learners. There is a teaching element to what I do. Ooh. But but you need to date someone that that will make time for time you. for you. Yeah. Um, and and whose schedule you might have more control over. It sounds like it needs to be with that. I would say more balance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like either he needs to put more on his agenda to uh, something to keep him busy or. I mean, I feel like that sounds like a perfect situation to where it's like you're doing your own thing. And when you come together, it's great because we all know I've never been married, but things get stagnant. Mm -hmm. So with her being busy, it should bring another element to the relationship to where it's like I haven't seen her in a week. Or if you're having sex, I haven't had sex in a week. I was watching something the other day and I think it was Terry Cruz. Terry Cruz and his wife. Are we talking about premarital sex? (laughs) So you know something I don't know? Go ahead, uh, Anthony. Okay, keep I'm, going. Forget no, him. I, well, premarital sex, I think you need to have premarital sex. I definitely <laughs> yeah, think you do. That's in the Bible. Bro. You need to have premarital sex. I think <laughs> you cannot get married without knowing what you're doing. But the reason I say this is because Terry Crews, him and his wife, they said after, you know, because they've been married for so long, he said that sometimes they'll have like a 90-day hiatus or sabbatical, whatever word you want to use for that. Hall pass? To, yeah. To, no, 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 no. Not a hall pass. 90 days without sex? Where they won't have sex to where it's like they kind of re- like like they they come back from not having sex for so oh, long I to where hear about that yeah so where it's like uh, Terry Crews oh. and his wife and it's like because after being with them so long you kind of like I'm used to this so maybe it's like take some time off you know he's busy she's traveling and where she's taking care of home he's traveling to where when they come back together it's like damn I haven't had this in a while I miss this yeah. as opposed to where like for 10 years strong you have having sex thing back. And the, yeah you know what I'm saying I wonder how the, the, the challenge the challenge with, the challenge with that would be with so sex is like an appetite yeah. and if you don't if you don't eat yeah eventually your metabolism is gonna shut down Ooh. and it's gonna be hard to get your appetite back. If you don't use it, you lose. So, it. I agree. in a sense, so uh, yeah, I think just be mindful of you doing ninety days. Uh, it, when you get back on that train, it's, you're gonna have to do some work. Incorporate together. blowjobs and handjobs <laughs> until you get the real. Do they do back. that? Do they do? I don't know. I didn't really. But I, deep into articles, you know, just, in I relationships, heard. I would say visit visit different kind of clubs. You know, yeah. do different kinds of experiences. Ooh. You know, learn things about each other, about yourself. But definitely, I mean, things do get stagnant. If you let them head one week, you know, hand job. Be next creative. Week. It's like Cry we talked home. about. Like we talked about last week. Like a hand job not- is amazing. I never thought they were amazing until I actually got one, and I was like, "This shit is amazing." Yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's like you're masturbating, but it's not your own. It's not your own, and then you see a beautiful woman in front of you. It's like an yeah. And then you know, like, like if if you're coming and the girl is like giving you head, it's kind of like, Woo, why are you covering your nipples up? You are making me feel weird. Right now. I thought that's what she said to somebody while they were. No, I don't know what's going on with Gary. <laughs> touching his nipples, yeah, his nipples or covering his nipples. I wasn't touching my nipples. I just didn't know what was going on. I was cupping my pecs. Oh, okay. 
Hey, man, whatever <laughs> makes you feel more masculine. It's <laughs> not, no misogyny here. But yeah. no, man, uh, uh, you just made me lose it. It's gone. That train to sale. But no, I just always wanted to talk about relationships because, you know, that's one of the biggest things that people are trying to figure out because, you know, we, we, we all strive for more money throughout our careers. We all strive for the house and the car. But it's like how many people are really striving to make a relationship work? Yeah. And I feel like even in a relationship, a lot of times, because we're not married, we give up on them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And a lot of times you should work at them. Yeah. You know, you should work at him. You should try to give it a look. You know, a lot of people are quick to say, shit, you're not married. Leave him. It's kind of like we talked about last week or like in a group meet where we were like, you know, if a guy cheated or if a girl cheated on you, do you leave? And some people were like, yeah, I'm gone. But I'm like, how much time have you invested? And at some point, men are not going to be great. We may cheat, whether it's sexually or, or women emotionally may cheat. or women may cheat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you really going to give all that up? I think when it comes to cheating, if I'm with somebody and they cheat and we've been together three years and they cheat, I need some time, but I may reconsider. But if it's one of those things where it's happened like five or six times, I'm like, okay. Like I say all the time, every man, some men are just straight up dogs and every man has dog in him is just if he can control it or not. And like I said, it's based on how you control it. If he's running you or he she's running you through the mud, then yeah, you may need to reconsider that but if he made a mistake I think sometimes when cheating happens look at yourself what are you not giving him and that's what I was going to say is is relationships evolve yeah and that's what I think people don't understand is you get with somebody and your your relationship is a certain way and you expect it to be that same way five years down the line you should not have that expectation because both people are going to grow and change and actually I think it's a beautiful thing when relationships do evolve because it grows there's different there's different aspects to it where like we said last week you know you your personality could be one thing one day and your personality could be another thing another day you know so like like Amber was saying she's like you know a busy woman she's out and she's on the go and so one day she might be available and she might be like you know be at home and, and cooking or whatever and the next day she's a businesswoman doing doing you know out running yeah. the streets and doing things for business and stuff like that a lot of men are threatened by that but that can actually be something that enhances a relationship because it's like yeah I can't control you and that's one of our problems as men in relationships yeah. is when we can't control a woman and I think sometimes in women trying to control men mm-hmm. when you can't control your partner mm-hmm. it's a threat Yeah, but it can actually be a turn on when you can't control your partner because it's like I don't know what she gonna do today I, don't I mean she gonna I'm, come yeah. home and be a completely turn different around. person and I that's what I'm saying bro and I'm gonna enjoy it you well, know I'm what I'm saying say. I'm going to embrace it because it doesn't get old it's not gonna get stale it's gonna be something that's exciting and that our relationship is continuing to evolve all I need is 10 minutes a day if you can work in 10 minutes you doing your fingers you can do a little finger play or if you're busy let me, give me 10 minutes 10 minutes if you're on a break you know you really if, only if need like, two if, of those. yeah if you like you only need two <laughs> but I'm a kiss and I'm gonna tell her I thank you and that's all encompassing that 10 minutes my whole thing is like like if she's at work and she's like, uh, you know, I saw you last night. I know we talked about today. I'm busy at work. If I know where you work at and we really on that level, I'm like, you got a, you, you got a break or lunch? All right. I done turned the damn thing off. <laughs> when you are on lunch or on break, I'm going to be like, all right, well, if I got the time, let me come down there. Let me, I mean, come to your let office. me eat later and maybe you, you can. Nine and a half minutes of four. That's all I need, bro. 30 seconds Let me eat strokes. that thing while you, you know, and send you back to work to where your day is better. <laughs> Now that's some, that you got the let me, juice. Yeah. Let me eat that thing. You got the juice. I don't need nothing. I don't. You, I don't you know, want nothing. I don't need nothing. Let, let me just come that eat that thing to where all these dudes at work who trying to get at you. You ain't worried about them because you know why? Somebody just because I'm walking. I'm the one grace. walking out looking like a donut. Out. You know what I'm saying? In the face. And you good. <laughs> so if I don't see you, but you know what? The next goddamn time that she see you, if she ain't giving you all she got. 
I don't know who sung that song, but if she ain't giving you all she got, then you need to think about it. I think but you a can lot make of a men time, man. don't approach time. women that way, uh, so that's why they get these women that don't really want to be intimate with them. Yeah. What you described probably does not happen very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just right. an observation based on what my buddy said. But this I think it's so transactional. Sex is sex is commodified. It's it's a transaction, and I don't I don't want to give unless I'm gonna get. <laughs> I get it. You know I what I'm saying? Get it. I don't have I mean, you know what? I think I think you have to know the game too, bro. Like I think you really got to know the game. game. Like you got to give some It's just like if if you like sports. Like I like I like football. I didn't get to watch much of it this season, but it's one of those things where like if you're with somebody, if she wants to go to Home Depot or do something that's feminine and you and she wants you to go along, tag along. But thing that women need to know is you know give that man something else back if even if it ain't sex sit down and watch a game with him when he's watching tv and you really want to watch lifetime it's reciprocity yeah reciprocity is the the best word i can use in any kind of relationship whether it's a friendship whether it's a relationship whether it's a, a family member type situation it's all about reciprocity period if you want your relationship to work be about reciprocity. If you go into a relationship and you thinking me, 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 no, you can't if, expect the other person you to expect feel other person. respected and appreciated. Yeah. If he likes blowjobs and you like walks in the park and he's giving you a walk in the park and she's giving you a blowjob, then goddamn it, you go hand in hand. <laughs> you can't say I want a blowjob and then she want to walk in the park and you don't take her, or she says I like walks in the park and you take her on walks in the park, but you ain't giving no head. <laughs> and rules to women: if you are gonna give head, go ahead and swallow. It's already in your mouth. <laughs> You got the pre-cum. It's already in your bro. mouth. It's already in your mouth, man. We're talking about dating. Like, hey, we're talking about dating. No, no. We're talking about dating. I feel we're like that was dating. something. And that's how he gets people. I feel like. Yeah, it was a setup. It's a setup. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind going for a walk, walk in the park, park right now. But you wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind the other thing. You wouldn't mind a blowjob. I feel like Anthony wanted to. Anthony got here at twelve, probably 12.45 knowing he wanted to say that at some point. I want to walk in the park. I'm going to get this off my chest. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You just got to throw it out there. Sometimes you just got to throw it out there. You never know what may stick to the wall. You just got to throw it out there. You know, you never exactly. You never know. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Let me let, let me let me get yeah, some what's up? What else is on that? Yeah, we got to do announcements. We got some announcements. This has been like a good church. show. Thank you Amber for being with Thank us. Season. Yes, Thank we do keeping us in check. We're going to have Brother Roberts come up and give the announcements, Brother Roberts. <laughs> well, I, I wish I had an organ to play softly in the background. Yeah, well, oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> that would be perfect, bro. But on for real, on February 27th, the reality is we'll be hitting the red carpet with the DFW National Society of Black Engineers Professional Chapter and the Dallas Poetry Slam to help them present the 2016 Wine Tasting and Poetry Scholarship Fundraiser. So get your tickets now at www.nsbewinetasting.eventbrite.com and the tickets range from $25 to $45 based on members and non-members but it includes an open bar appetizers wine tasting a raffle a chance to win NFL NBA and NHL memorabilia and more so come out on February 27th to South Dallas Cultural Center at 3400 South Fitzhugh Avenue Dallas, Texas, 75210. Also, we're still working on the date for our Culture Shock event, but right now we're shooting for mid-April. So stay up to date with all things the reality is by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit the website at www.therealityis.com and or email us questions and show topics at info at therealityis.com. I want to, I, I got a quick announcement also. Um, many of you might have seen I posted on Facebook 
mm, two weeks ago or so. But uh, I'm in a program right now, a PhD program in pastoral theology, and my dissertation is actually focused on on young black men and masculinity. I so it, it makes sense to what we were talking about today, um, trying to challenge dominant definitions of masculinity based on really on white patriarchal norms, um, and trying to highlight how pragmatic and how improvisational masculinity actually is. And I think young black men embody that in a, in a great way. So if you fit the category of a young black male, particularly if you have or do participate in sports, entertainment like hip hop or or if you're in film or um, film or theater. I would really like to have a dialogue with you um, to talk about identity, how you think about your masculinity, what kind of ways your masculinity has been shaped. And, you know, just want to have a, a dialogue just to get some more perspectives as I get ready to start this writing phase of this program. So how young contact young? me. Well, <clears throat> I'm going based on the statistics for where homicide is the leading cause of death mm. in black men. So okay. it's 15 to 34. Oh, so, I'm um, so you're still young ish. Well, I got to watch out for a bullet. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for a bullet until you turn 35. So, yeah, 15 to 34, ideally. Um, but, I mean, if, if you're outside of that range, I would still value a conversation with you. Um, it's time for us to start thinking intentionally about how we embody and perform our masculinities as black men. And I think as black men, we can also help society think about masculinity in a more broad way, um, you know, where everybody can benefit. So Rev Green 2 on Instagram, Rev Green 2 on Twitter, Gary F. Green the second on Facebook. Hit me up. What are some of those initiatives that you do, Amber? I know I saw like a couple of pictures where you were working with like inner city um, youth and adults about like education. So where can they find you at? Yeah, so I work for a nonprofit organization called LIFT that stands for Literacy Instruction for Texas. We teach adults to read, but we have adults who need to get a high school diploma or GD, um, need to learn English, and then also for folks that can't read and write. Uh, we help those folks. And then also we're just starting a movement of engaged young people in the city of Dallas um, and trying to get people to move south. So South Dallas, you know, should be home or maybe in Oak Cliff, but I'm focusing on those areas. And then stay tuned. We're going to have a black restaurant weekend um, sometime in February. So we'll be announcing that. We'll bring it by Christian to announce it on the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let us know. Christian? Do you have any announcements? Um, I don't know if we have a lot of time. Deacon? But I do have a testimony. First, giving praise and honor to God. <laughs> five minutes. Go uh, ahead. The host of the show, Anthony, <laughs> Gary and Amber and Artesia. I should have done it in the women first. That was yeah. very misogynist. See? God, you uh, I really don't have any announcements, but I do want to say I had a great time being back on the show. Back in full effect. It's been a while since we all been together. Um, it's, uh, it's really special to me. Um, and I'll cheer this day uh, rest of your life. for a very long time. I just wanted to say to the listeners, we, we appreciate your support. Yes, we do. Uh, yep. Anthony so. works his ass off. Yep. Um, and expect more greater things coming out of uh, Robert's Media Group. And the reality is um, he's doing great things, really changing our opportunities to be involved in and in getting information and media and having the conversation and really driving the culture forward. What's so, your nonprofit too, man? Uh, oh, oh, I really don't like to talk about it because... Uh, <laughs> Oh, but so I will. But I will go um, ahead. 
It's called the Future Leaders of Wall Street, uh, with, with with you know flows, um, and really what it is, it's trying to target uh, young underrepresented communities uh, in the industry that I work in. That we, you know we're just underrepresented, especially in upper management and and some of the more revenue generating jobs. So I think if you can invest early and get a kid to acquire some of the more basic financial skills and education, you know, four, eight years from, you know, when they start, they'll just be a lot more prepared to enter their career field. I think you could change the conversation from affirmative action and just giving it to somebody as opposed to going and teaching them and training them in a way. And I and I would like to eventually expand it to where it's more uh, nuanced than you can do. Like if you want to be a journalist, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a doctor or a dentist or an engineer, you can kind of get some practical. And they're doing a lot of that in schools already. I know finance, it's kind of up underrepresented. So, you know, hopefully in four to eight years, we'll have some guys doing great things in the financial services. Nice. How I important did. is it? We got about four minutes. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, oh, you know, what do, what do I need to invest in? And I think in the black community, what you're doing is big because a lot of them don't know how to invest. And I haven't been in the industry in like six years, but when I did, I know overseas funding investing was big. Um, I know, you know, a lot of people who don't know a lot about like IRAs and Roth IRAs and traditional yeah. IRAs. I always tell them it's big to just at least get a Roth IRA at least at, at least a Roth IRA yeah but I think one of those things and I told pe I tell people all the time they have a book out called um, I think it's investments for dummies go get that book yeah just start and download the app for like it, the um, like the major for um, like Apple and you know whatever. yeah I can't think right now I've been well drinking. I'll piggyback yeah, off gotcha. that like they have if you're listening to this podcast yeah. obviously you're a podcaster so they have podcasts talking they about talk, yeah you money know if make, you go to any marketing, of the major yeah investment banks or even CNBC, they have podcasts that kind of demystifies finance and teaches you very basic skills yeah. so that you can start, you know, building for the future. So. I'm trying to find that dude's name. It's a guy that I always listen to and I try to tell people. He comes on uh, 1080 AM. Uh, I think, I, I don't know if I've deleted it. I think I have. What is that guy's name? The white dude who's always, yeah, I took Ramsey. it off. Yeah, Dave Ramsey. Dave That's Ramsey. It. He's really good. He's good. And people who are behind on like house notes and credit cards, like he, if if, I don't know what days he's on, but if you have like iPhone or he has a podcast, yeah, he has a podcast, and that's what I'm about to say. Go to Dave, the Dave Ramsey show and just listen to his stuff. Like he talks to everybody from different walks of life about how to get out of debt, how to stay debt free, and why you shouldn't buy or purchase certain things. One of the biggest thing I tell people because like I'm a person who likes to shop and buy different clothes and tech and gadgets and all of that. And one thing I try to do is like I, I read a book a long time ago where it was like save you save your money over a six month period of time. Maybe a thousand dollars, maybe two grand, and then go shopping. Whether it, if if you want to do it in the first six months and you want to do like clothing, save your money and go shopping. The reason he said they said that in the book is because if you go every month, let's just say if we go every weekend to go get something, you're spending two three hundred dollars. If you're on the high end, you're spending five to a couple of thousand dollars. And he was like, if you save it up and just do it at one time, where you're spending two or three thousand dollars a year on clothes, as opposed to ten thousand dollars, if you save up and do it at a certain time. Well, and and on if sales. You, and if you save up and you see that money sitting there 
it, it might make you reconsider you to what it. you actually need. I know anyway. when I start seeing a couple thousand, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I like to if you if you're like keep growing. even pretty. if it was the exact same amount like you spent growth. on money or on on no, clothes or whatever, if you see that money all at once and you go to the mall and it's like, mm, I could use this for something yeah. more important. And with you saying that, we got to get ready to go. But with the bank account sitting pretty, we're gonna play Todd Dollar Sign sitting pretty uh, <laughs> with the bank account. Just just roll right into it. That's amazing. But we always want to let you guys know. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week from 1 to 3 every Saturday we'll be here and uh, always remember inhale courage to exhale success talk to you guys next week Want to land a promotion? Increase your market value or switch industries? An MBA from top-ranked Tepper School of Business can help you crush your career goals. Earn your MBA on your schedule with Tepper's multiple MBA formats, like our online program, which was just ranked the number one online MBA by U.S. News & World Report. Master the leadership and analytical skills you need to thrive in today's complex business world. Go to cmu.edu slash Tepper and seize your future today. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.